Chapter Fourteen of Twenty Minutes Late by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fourteen: Conflicting Advice. Doctor Mather was in his study. He frowned upon the servant who brought him word that a woman was waiting to see him. To be sure, he had not yet set to work. In fact, he was only glancing over the morning paper. But then he meant to go to work in a few minutes and felt that his good intentions ought not to be interrupted. "'Mrs. Bryant?' he repeated, in a surprised tone. "'Doesn't the woman know better than to make calls on me in the morning? Ask her if it is important.' The messenger returned. "'It is somewhat so,' she says. "'She wants to ask a little advice before the mail closes, but if you are too busy she will wait.' Dr. Mather tossed down his paper. Oh, well, show her in. I may as well see her now and have it done with. And Mrs. Bryant came in. She was a woman of good sense and knew that an apology was in order for intruding upon her pastor during his study hours. She made it in few words and then told her errand briefly. Your daughter? Ah, let me see. I think I remember her. Her name is Nancy, is it not? No, sir, it is Caroline. Oh, yes, Caroline. She is a young woman grown, I believe. Not quite, said Mrs. Bryant, and she gave Caroline's age. Ah, yes. Well, I am mixing her with someone else, I presume. I have a great many young persons to look after. And you say she has been absent for some time. Has she been employed in this man's family? No, sir and as briefly as possible the mother went over the story of her anxieties concerning this daughter, a story which she had thought everybody in the town knew. "'Oh, yes,' the minister said again. "'I think I have heard something about it. Well, my good lady, I cannot see why you hesitate for a moment. It seems to me a royal opportunity, such a chance indeed as comes to a person but once in a lifetime.' of course you will have her stay he said reassuringly to do otherwise would be to throw away a great deal the schools in philadelphia are exceptionally good and to attend them and at the same time have an opportunity to earn her own living will of course be the greatest possible relief to you do you know anything of dr forsythe ventured mrs bryant at length why of course my dear madame I know Dr. Forsythe to be one of the leading physicians of the city of Philadelphia. I do not mean in that way, sir. I mean as to his character. Is he a Christian? That indeed I do not know. But of course a man of that stamp, holding the position which he does, is a guarantee for your daughter's safety. You have nothing to worry about, and everything to be thankful for. Still Mrs. Bryant lingered. She hardly knew why she certainly had dr mather's opinion she seems very young to go away from home she faltered at last thinking aloud rather than speaking to her pastor oh well he said in a tone which was meant to be reassuring girls younger than she have often had to do it i know dozens who would be glad of the chance she has the fact is madame this is a workaday world and only a few people can afford to waste opportunities for the sake of a little sentiment. Then Mrs. Bryant arose with a flush of her face and a flash in her eyes. 
but all she said was i thank you sir good morning good morning said the doctor cordially i am glad you are to have such a lift there is a hard winter before the poor i fear if i can do anything for you at any time let me know he had certainly been kind and he had undoubtedly spoken the truth yet mrs bryant as she went quickly down the steps was conscious of feeling almost hurt she could not have put into words why she felt so and would not if she could one thing was plain to her she felt less inclined to write to caroline to remain than she had when she went up those steps she walked rapidly less because the morning was cold than because she seemed to have a certain amount of bruised feeling to get rid of in some way at the corner she encountered mrs kedwin who was going her way and who began at once to ask questions did line come last night she didn't why dear me how disappointed you must have been fanny and rufus were wild to go around there but i told them to leave you in peace for one night at least what's the matter line isn't sick i hope thus urged mrs bryant told her story humph said mrs kedwin you aren't going to let her stay are you i wouldn't if i were you not by a long sight we have feelings i guess if we are poor and you don't want your girl to be a common servant any more than i do mine line don't think of wanting to do such a thing does she she had spirit enough i always thought my fanny would blaze i tell you if anybody should make her such an offer she wants to do right said mrs bryant firmly and at that moment she felt that she would probably write to her daughter to stay by all means of course she does and she ought to begin by respecting herself and her mother why her grandfather was a minister the idea of her being a kitchen drudge for any man they do not want her for kitchen work mrs bryant explained and she would not be looked upon as a servant though that ought not to make any difference to her or to me we hope our self-respect goes deeper than that mrs kedwin oh now said mrs kedwin don't you go to being hoodwinked by any such notions i've heard such talk before about being looked upon as one of the family and given privileges and all that it goes for nothing they are the worst kind of masters and mistresses the folks that go on about such things i know them and as for your self-respect i know you have queer ideas mrs bryant but you can't carry them out not in this world a servant is a servant and nothing else and your line isn't cut out for one don't you go to submitting to it she might better work her fingers to the bone here at home i'm doing it for my fanny and i'll work harder yet if that is possible to keep her from such a life mrs bryant smiled and sighed she knew then as she had always known that she and mrs kedwin did not think alike about any subject under the sun and that with the best of intentions this mother was spoiling her daughter fanny filling her with false ideas of life and of respectability and working her fingers to the bone to do it nothing which had been said made her feel more like leaving caroline in philadelphia and so withdrawing her from the influence of such companionship as fanny kedwin's and others of her stamp if she only knew what kind of a man dr forsythe was and what kind of a wife he had 
mrs kedwin talked on eagerly but the mother who walked beside her lost all trace of what she was saying and carried on her own train of thought coming presently to this conclusion i mean to go and see him for a few minutes there can be no impropriety in it now since i have been first to my own pastor and i must come to some decision and not keep my poor girl in suspense she announced the decision aloud interrupting mrs kedwin to do so excuse me mrs kedwin but i must turn here i want to see mr holden a moment never mind the interruption said that gentleman rising to meet her pen in hand and turning away from his manuscript paper on the desk as he spoke i am always ready to see people on business and i know very well that some business will not wait did caroline come no need to explain her daughter's name and absence here the minister's tone was almost as eager as a boy's and his face grew sympathetically grave as the mother shook her head something has detained her for another day i suppose nothing serious i hope sit down and tell me all about it it was a relief to do so poor mother he said with a sympathizing smile reaching out his hand to her as he spoke you have a blessing and a trouble come to you through one in the same source have you not there was a rush of tears to the mother's eyes which some way seemed to rest the strain upon her heart it was such a comfort to speak to one who seemed to understand that she could honestly be pulled in two ways at the same time could be grateful and regretful and in doubt whether to accept or reject it is a great opening i know she faltered but then i know the minister said i have no doubt at all that it is loving-kindness which causes our blessings and our crosses so that sometimes we are put to it to tell which is which let us look at it carefully mrs bryant on all sides just how do the pros and cons present themselves to your mind in the first place there is the trial of doing without your daughter and that presses not only on you and on our brave boy ben but on the little daisy it is evident that you understand everything said mrs bryant gratefully i do not know how so young a man who has no family and no trials of his own can so readily enter into and so intelligently sympathize with the trials of others then once again there came into the minister's face the look which before suggested to mrs bryant a pain which this man had to bear he was silent a minute and so was she sorrowing over her last words lest they had started troubled depths soon he said dear friend i am half inclined to tell you a secret which will help you to understand that there may be shadows where the sunshine lingers i am not so young as perhaps you think me to-morrow i shall be thirty and i am not a man without home and family from choice you know miss webster well enough to realize something of what it is to have to tell you that she was to have been my wife and that seven years ago her case was pronounced hopeless never mind he said hastily as he saw the look of pain spread over the listener's face do not pity me too much dear friend it can never be other than a joy to be able to call such a woman as miss webster my best friend 
and i'm sure her father and mine has planned all the way which he is leading us and knows the best road i only told you so that you might make sure of my sympathy with trouble i am afraid i shall have almost too much sympathy for the little dorothy no she said earnestly that is the strongest hold for us all my little daisy has helped us in that she thinks she will be ashamed to meet dorothy in heaven if she is selfish about her dear line here they both laughed over this a tender laugh which answered instead of tears and the minister walked to the window and stood in the shadow of the curtain folds for a minute before he attempted to say more when he spoke again his voice had recovered its natural cheery tone well let us see of course for caroline it will be a fine opening there is first that opportunity which comes to god's child of doing a special good in a niche where it is hard to find just what will fit i know enough of your young daughter mrs bryant to be sure that the doctor has made no mistake she would be a great blessing to his little girl this gave mrs bryant another opportunity to see how different this man was from some whom she knew others had spoken of her daughter's opportunity for getting he spoke of her opportunity for giving and set it highest nothing had helped this unselfish mother more they went over the ground carefully after this all about the schools of philadelphia concerning which it appeared that this minister knew a great deal all about the probable opportunity for improvement and about how those at home would manage without the elder daughter especially the influence of her absence on the sensitive daisy that perplexes me said mrs bryant it will be hard for daisy to get through the winter without her sister harder than for us but it will also be very hard upon her to think that her sister gave up advantages and opportunities for her sake i know said the minister she is a very peculiar little flower and i think i know her well enough to say that the latter hurt would be worse for her than the first there is one thing said the mother her face flushing as she spoke i do not know what kind of a man this doctor is he is a great doctor i presume and he is kind-hearted and has a great influence already over my daughter which makes me all the more anxious for her what if he were not a christian man some people perhaps most people would suppose that that need make no difference so long as my daughter is a little girl and would perhaps hardly ever see the man in whose house she was employed but to me it does assuredly it does my dear madame and i am glad to be able to tell you that a more earnest christian man than dr forsythe it would i think be hard to find i do not know him personally but i know a great deal of him and his whole life seems to me to be christ-like then said mrs bryant drawing a long breath i am afraid i mean i believe that the matter is settled i am sure ben when he hears all that you have said will think that we ought to give caroline the opportunity hard as it may be for us and in some respects for her mr holden i do not know how to thank you for your kindness and i do not know how to express my sympathy for you in your great affliction i wish you knew how deeply i feel for you and how entirely i will respect your confidence 
i know it all madame the minister said even cheerily it is all right miss webster and i are in our father's hands and we trust him there is another world than this you know to say that caroline bryant's heart beat faster than usual when on monday morning she stood on the white steps of dr forsythe's house waiting for admittance would be to put it very mildly indeed in her next letter to ben she told him it thumped so hard that it seemed to her that the policeman just then passing would hear it and ask what was the matter more than that her limbs trembled so that they could hardly hold her and she felt sure her teeth would chatter the moment she attempted to speak she had just passed through a trying ordeal in bidding good-bye to the little brinkers and their mother daisy cried louder than the others but it is doubtful if she felt worse than the mother who declared that she could not feel it more if one of her own children was going away and caroline herself had shed some very salt tears and kissed them all over and over again and promised to come just as often as she could to see them and felt as the door at last closed upon her as though she were parting from all her friends she was glad to see only the young man who opened the door for patience and to be shown into a little room at the right of the hall to wait a few minutes quite by herself it gave her a chance to grow quiet and to ask herself what she trembled over surely she was not afraid of dr forsythe nor of dorothy and mrs forsythe could not be so very terrible poor caroline had lived a great deal in the week that was past since she wrote that all-important letter to her mother letters had sometimes travelled at the rate of two a day between her home and philadelphia since that time all the details of the remarkable plan had been explained and discussed as well as people a hundred miles apart could discuss them and now it was all settled caroline was to stay and put away from herself the thought of seeing her dear ones before june it all seemed very strange and at times very terrible when she thought of it here was she caroline bryant who had kissed her mother one october morning and gone out nutting expecting to be at home again before the sunset who instead must look forward to a sunset in june before she could kiss her mother again there had been a faint hope in her heart that the mother would think she ought to come home for a week or two and see them all and get ready to go away and in truth the mother had thought of it and counted her little hoard of money gathered for the supply of coal and talked with ben and shaken her head sadly and concluded that the home visit must be given up on account of the expense this was before caroline's letter came saying that she had hoped something of the kind would happen but had given it up because dr forsythe said that morning that he hoped she would be ready for school on the following monday the new term would open then and it would be the best time to begin and this was saturday and according to the doctor's plans she was to come to her new home as soon after breakfast as she could and get acquainted with them so as to be ready for her duties on monday her small plain trunk had been packed by mrs brinker's own hands the good woman dropping tears among the garments she had herself washed and ironed them with utmost care 
and even mended some of them as carefully as caroline's own mother would have done though over this last work caroline protested saying that mother always had her do her own mending i know child said mrs brinker and no doubt you can do it better than i can but all the same i want to do it there's so little we can do to show our love and gratitude and you have been an angel of mercy to us you know on the whole do you wonder that the young girl's limbs trembled and almost refused to hold her while she sat in the little reception room and waited and wondered what the doctor would say first and when she should see mrs forsythe and what she would say to her End of chapter 14